Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. My friends, each and every day, the liberals make it very clear that they don't care about the American people. They don't care about the American people. And you may disagree with me. You may disagree with my observation. You may disagree with my assessment. But let me tell you, what I am saying is true. The far-left Democrats do not care about the American people. Do you know who they care about? They care about illegal immigrants. They care about the people who violated our nation's laws. They care about those who came into the United States illegally. And do you want to know the latest example of that? Do you want an example that would show that liberals don't care about the American people? I have given, I've given you many examples previously. All you have to do is go back and listen to my podcast episodes. All you have to do is go on YouTube and watch my live stream videos that I've done. My friends, let me talk to you about something that's happening in California which would show that liberals don't care about the American people. In California, there is a new legislation that was introduced, Assembly Bill 1840. Once again, a new legislation that has been introduced in California. It's Assembly Bill 1840. This legislation would expand eligibility criteria for a state loan program. To be, to be very clear, this legislation would allow illegal immigrants to become eligible for these loans as first-time homebuyers. Th this program in question is called the California Dream for All Shared Appreciation Loan Program. This program was launched last year by the California Housing Finance Agency, and it gives first-time homebuyers, those who qualify, first-time homebuyers, they get a loan that covers up to 20% of a property's purchase price. It can be a house, it can be a condo. These loans don't accrue interest or require monthly payments. What happens is when the mortgage is refinanced or the house is sold again, then the borrower has to pay back the original amount of the loan plus 20% of the increase in the home's value. Clearly, this is a program that is supposed to promote homeownership and help those Americans who may find it challenging to buy a home. It's supposed to help Americans. So Americans in the middle class or those who are in the low-income categories, they are the ones who are supposed to get help from this program. But now, a Democrat wants to expand this program to include illegal immigrants. The Democrat who introduced this legislation wants to help illegal immigrants buy homes in America. My friends, this, this program is supposed to help American citizens, not illegal immigrants. But we continue to see how the Democrats are prioritizing illegal immigrants for, for things that American citizens should be getting. 
I've talked to you over and over again about our tax dollars being spent on the illegal immigrants. I have said that liberals continue to take money from our pockets. The liberal politicians in places like New York and Chicago, they continue to take money from Americans' pockets. And with that money, they fund services for the migrants. And the liberals continue to find new ways to give more and more benefits to the illegal immigrants. And giving more benefits to the illegal immigrants means that there would be less resources left for the American people. This Democrat politician in California who introduced this legislation, he said that home ownership has historically been the primary means of accumulating generational wealth in the United States. Okay, I understand that statement. It's a fair statement. You know, if you want to accumulate generational wealth, then home ownership is very important. I understand that. But then the state legislator goes on to say that the social and economic benefits of home home ownership should be available to everyone. And when this guy says everyone, he means everyone, including illegal immigrants. Now, why should illegal immigrants get government funded benefits, taxpayer funded benefits? This legislation, Assembly Bill 1840, I think this legislation should be rejected. This legislation should never be signed into law. There seems to be a flood of taxpayer-funded benefits going to the migrants. Why should illegal immigrants get any benefit from government programs? Why? They are here in this country illegally. They are not Americans. There are natural-born Americans. There are naturalized Americans. They are the Americans. Illegal immigrants are not Americans. My friends, this has to change. The liberal politicians, they want bright sunshine for the illegal immigrants. They want bright sunshine for the illegal immigrants, while American citizens are facing a dark cloud of financial uncertainty. The American citizens, they're they're seeing a dark cloud of financial uncertainty, economic uncertainty over their heads. My friends, this legislation, 1840, Assembly Bill 1840 in California, should be rejected. Now, talking about bright sunshine, let me me switch topics here, okay? Let Let me go on to the next topic. Talking about bright sunshine. Spring is coming. We all know that. The weather in Wisconsin is very nice. It was very nice today. I didn't, you know, I I didn't get to enjoy a whole lot. Uh, I I had a good day yesterday, which was Saturday. On Sunday, I didn't really get to enjoy a lot. But um, the fact that the nice weather is here, I wish I could do some outdoor activities. You know, that's what I was hoping to do. I didn't get to do that. But anyway, um, the weather in Wisconsin is nice. And and so people are already talking about, what are they talking about, you know? They're talking about spring break, spring break. Well, first of all, people have to think about whether or not they can afford to go somewhere nice for spring break. 
by the beach, up in the mountains, at a resort, wherever. Everything costs money. First, ask yourself, my friends, if you can afford to go on a spring break. Everything costs money. If you're going on a spring break, if you're, if you're going to buy plane tickets, that's going to cost money. If you're going to stay at a hotel, a resort, that's going to cost money. If you're going to be dining outside, that's going to cost money. If you're going to do recreational activities outside at a resort, wherever, that's going to cost money. And now, with the economy being so bad, with people running out of funds, they have to think about whether they can afford to go on a spring break. You know, that's, that's the sad reality. Americans, because of the Biden economy, Americans are suffering. Everything costs more money. While wages and salaries really have not increased much in real terms. I mean, you can see wages and salaries increasing, but that's nominal terms, in real terms. So if your wages and salaries go up, you know, 3%, and if inflation, because of inflation, the prices go up 5%, 10%, then are you really better off? Ask yourself. You're not. Because everything costs money, and in real in real terms, the value of money is falling because of inflation. So anyway, a lot of people can't afford to go on spring break this time. Some folks may just want to stay in town, you know, spend time hanging out in the yard or on the front porch because Bidenflation, Biden's inflation, Bidenflation, because Bidenflation left many people with no money for vacation. My friends, let, let, let me tell you, it, it's, it's sad, but these issues need to be discussed. And on this, on this podcast, I talk about the issues that Americans face. Inflation, supply chain challenges, rising costs of healthcare. I talk about these things because there are so many problems. And if we want to solve the problems, we have to talk about the problems. We have to raise awareness. People will have to know what's going on. And on my podcast, that's what I try to do. I talk about social and political issues, both domestic and international, because we live in an interconnected world. What happens in other parts of the world would affect us here in the U.S., and what happens here in the U.S. would affect people in other parts of the world. That's, that's the kind of world we live in. Everyone's connected. So anyway, going back to the question of spring break, I hope that people can afford to go on vacation to enjoy spring break. I, I really hope that. But I know a lot of people can't because I, I talk to people. I understand the kind of financial concerns people have. Anyway, my friends, let's talk about those who think they can go on a spring break. If you're looking to go someplace nice, well, I, I hope you enjoy the spring break. Go somewhere nice. Enjoy the spring break. Um, but if you want to go outside the U.S. border, there are important things to keep in mind. Traveling to foreign countries can be risky. Of course, it depends on the, on the, on the place you're visiting, what country you're going to, what part of the world you're going to. But in general, the world is not a peaceful place anymore. 
And and that's the reality. I mean, don't blame me for telling the truth. Don't say, "Hey, toss if you're you're just saying negative things. You're, you know, you're you're saying the world is not a peaceful place." But no, it's a peaceful place. I mean, really, my friends, let me tell you. You pay attention to what's going on. You pay attention to Asia, you pay attention to Africa, Middle East, various places in Europe. There are uh, you know, th- there's political unrest. There's social unrest. There are military conflicts taking place in different parts of the world. And so, you know, I think the truth is the world is not a peaceful place anymore. I mean, not, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to generalize and say each and every part of the world is, is, is full of problems. No, but overall, Overall, just just open up the newspaper. Just open up the newspaper and, and see what's going on in the world. And you'll know that the world is not as peaceful as it used to be. And, you know, over the last several decades, we have seen lots of conflicts. And the hope always is that with time, things are going to get better. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Anyway, my friends, that's just my observation. You can disagree with me. I think that the world is not a peaceful place anymore. There are countries that are peaceful, that are prosperous, that are doing well. But in, in you know, overall, here's the overall picture. Social and political unrest, military conflicts, and of course, economic uncertainty is affecting every part of the world. So, you know, we, we always pray and hope for more peace and prosperity. But right now, there are so many negative things going on. So anyway, that's just my assessment. The world is not a peaceful place anymore. I I hope it gets better with time. We'll have to wait and see. I think people understand that. People understand what I'm saying. Now, here's something to keep in mind if you're considering going outside the country. There's a new message for U.S. citizens who are thinking about visiting Mexico for spring break. According to the U.S. Embassy and Consulates in Mexico, there are many things that U.S. citizens must keep in mind when going to Mexico. There are concerns about crimes, illegal drugs, and lots of other risks. A tourist has to be very careful when visiting Mexico. There are many dangers. I mean, Mexico is a beautiful country. Beautiful country. And so, naturally, people want to go visit Mexico. Not just Americans, people from all over the world. They, they like going to Mexico because it's such a beautiful country. But a tourist has to be very careful when visiting Mexico because there are many dangers. I think it's very important for tourists to be aware of their surroundings at all times. And carelessness can result in problems when outside the country for tourism. And I always tell people, why don't you take advantage why don't you take advantage of the resources that we have in this country? Why don't you go visit the beautiful places that we have in the United States? Go to Florida. Go to Texas, go to Alabama if you want to go some, somewhere warm. If you want to enjoy snow, if you want to go skiing, then there are you know, there, there are places that you can go. You go to Montana, Colorado. Go to Vegas. Go enjoy Vegas. 
Go to the beaches of South Carolina. There are so many beautiful places. If you want to visit Wisconsin, come visit Wisconsin for spring break. We have beautiful lakes. You can enjoy Lake Michigan. And there are so many nice places to visit. So my friends, the list is long. The list of places that you can visit for spring break, it's really long. Stay within the United States, my friends. And, you know, the reason I'm saying come visit uh, Wisconsin during spring break, some of you may be wondering, well, it's, you know, Wisconsin has uh, cold temperature, uh, you know, uh, uh, for many months out of the year. But this, this winter has been pretty nice. I mean, the temperature is really high today. And this is just the first week of March. So by April, I'm hoping it's going to get even better. It's warmer than average uh, temperature this time of the year now. Anyway, so, you know, consider Wisconsin as a, as, a, as a place to visit this spring break. All right. My friends, what I'm trying to say is that you can stay within the United States and you can still enjoy the sandy beaches and the nice resorts. And, you know, that way you can keep tourism dollars in the country. But I understand not everyone's going to agree with me. People want to go outside the United States. And there are so many beautiful places around the world that you can visit. So go visit. Just be careful. Just be careful. Just be aware of your surroundings. And regarding Mexico, I told you that um, according to the U.S. Embassy and Consulates in Mexico, um, there are are many things that U.S. citizens must keep in mind when going to Mexico. Uh, As I mentioned, concerns about crimes, drugs, and other risks. So, you know, you'll make your own decision, but I'm ju- I just want to share with people some news updates as well as my thoughts, my commentary. So if you agree with me, great. If you don't, that's fine. Let me know your thoughts, all right? Now, my friends, let me talk about Nikki Haley, my third topic. Nikki Haley, presidential candidate, Republican. Haley expressed this weekend that she may not uphold the pledge to support the eventual GOP nominee for president. The Republican National Committee, the RNC, the RNC had a pledge that all candidates must support the eventual GOP nominee for president. So the RNC asked presidential candidates to to basically make a pledge. And this was a requirement to participate in the primary debates. Now, we know that Trump did not participate in the primary debate, so it wouldn't matter if he if he signed the pledge or not. But Haley, Nikki Haley, is bound by the pledge, although she now feels that she doesn't have to honor that pledge. And this further reveals to people what Nikki Haley is all about. For weeks now, my friends, for weeks, we have seen how Nikki Haley continues to campaign and lose and campaign and lose, and she just goes on campaigning and losing. Primaries and caucuses, she just keeps losing. She knows very well, at this point, I think she knows very well that she is not going to be the eventual GOP nominee, and yet she continues campaigning. And as I've said before, she's free to campaign. If she wants to go on campaigning, losing and campaigning and losing and campaigning and losing and campaigning, she can do that. She lost the GOP primary in her home state of South Carolina. And yet, Nikki Haley continues campaigning. And now, 
Nikki Haley is expressing that she will make whatever decision she wants to make, meaning that she doesn't feel like she is bound by the RNC pledge to support the eventual GOP nominee for president. Wow. Well, here's the reality, my friends. It, it does not matter whether Nikki Haley supports Trump or not. Trump has lots and lots and lots of supporters. Former presidential candidates have endorsed Trump. Ron DeSantis endorsed Trump. Vivek Ramaswamy endorsed Trump. And uh, Tim Scott endorsed Trump. There are many members of Congress and U.S. senators who have endorsed Trump. There are many prominent political figures who have endorsed Trump. More and more people are supporting Trump with, you know, as, as you know, every, every day, more and more people are, are showing their support for Donald Trump. And Trump is moving forward. He's doing great. His campaign's excellent. He's winning. He's on his way to become the GOP nominee for president. And so does Trump really need Nikki Haley's help? Does Trump really need Nikki Haley's support? He does not. And that's the reality. That's the truth. Now, I've said this before. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley would be making a wise decision if she would just suspend her presidential campaign and endorse Trump. That would be a wise decision for her. It would help her political future. Because each day that she goes on campaigning and she doesn't drop out, Trump supporters are 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 going to be remembering this if she runs for president again in the future. And I've said this before a number of times. The fact that Ron DeSantis endorsed Trump, that would help bring DeSantis supporters to the Trump campaign, to his side, to Trump's side. Vivek endorsed Trump. That's, that's going to bring Vivek's supporters towards Trump. Tim Scott endorsed Trump. That's going to bring Tim Scott's supporters towards Trump. And Trump supporters, those who have been supporting Trump from day one, they are also going to be remembering the fact that Vivek, Tim Scott, and Ron DeSantis, they all, they all endorse Trump. So if, if Vivek or Tim Scott or Ron DeSantis, they, they run for president again in the future, Trump supporters are likely to support these candidates. But in the case of Nikki Haley, the Trump supporters are going are gonna to remember that Haley did not endorse Trump at least as of now, she has not. And she just goes on campaigning in spite of losing. So Trump supporters are going to remember that. And, you know, they, they may not support Haley if she runs again uh, for president in the future, maybe 2028. So, my friends, um, Nikki Haley, if, she, if she's not going to be if she feels that she is not bound by the RNC pledge to support the eventual GOP nominee for president, well, it's it's really not going to affect Trump. Trump has lots of supporters and he's moving forward. He's heading towards the GOP nomination for president. My friends, that's all for today. Thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast. And I hope to be back again with more episodes. And don't forget to visit my website, my friends. Visit tossifanam.net. If you have, uh, if you want to send me an email, my email address is tossif at tossifanam.net. 
So check out my website, tossifanam.net. Send me an email. My email address is tossif at tossifanam.net. And stay in touch with me. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your neighbors about my channel, about my YouTube channel, about my podcast. I would appreciate that. And my friends, thank you once again for listening. I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.